Hello everyone and welcome back to A Voice in the Wilderness Podcast. I'm your host Jacob Freen and today we are back with another study from Principles of the Life, Principles of Life from the Word of God. Today we're going to be studying the power of the Word in section 4. And so before we begin any study of the Word of God, we begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, so much that there is power in your Word. We thank you so much for life in general. We thank you for your safety, for conviction, for rebuke where necessary. Lord, we pray that as we study your word, that your Holy Spirit will be among us to lead us into all truth, to convict us of truth, and to remind us of that truth when we come into contact with others. Lord, I pray all this in the blessed name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Power of the Word. This is a quote from Testimonies for the Church, Volume 8. The author says, The work of creation can never be explained by science. What science can explain the mystery of life? The theory that God did not create matter when he brought the world into existence is without foundation. In the formation of our world, God was not indebted to pre-existing matter. On the contrary, all things material or spiritual stood up before the Lord, Jehovah, at his voice, and were created for his own purpose. The heavens and all the hosts of them, the earth and all things therein, are not only the work of his hand, they came into existence by the breath of his mouth. I think we've talked about this before, but there are theories out there such as theistic evolution, where, yeah, there is God, but what he did was he took those things that were already in existence before the formation of the world, before the formation of the universe, and he had to use those, and he's indebted to the elements, he's indebted to the forces of nature, uh, he can't work outside of them. And we see all throughout the Bible that this is just not true, that he controls everything. There, uh, Within theistic evolution, there is the theory that he took the world, uh, or he took um, the universe and just kind of spun it up. And let it go. He doesn't really have anything to do with it. But in the story of creation, we see that that's not true. That he is intimately involved in the work of creation. And in the work of recreation of his people into his own image. If we allow that to happen. But power of the word. uh, We want to talk about the creative and upholding power of the word. So the question here posed is, how were the heavens made? How were the heavens made? We're going to go to Psalm, the book of Psalm, chapter 33, verses 6 and 9. And they say, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. And verse 9, For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. He did this all just by the word of his mouth. He said, Let there be light, let there be animals, let there be Well, when he came to humans, he actually came down and formed them with his hands, right? But all the other things, he he just spoke them into existence. And he could have just spoken man into existence, but he wanted to have an intimate relation with us. So why are God's words so powerful? We're going to go to the New Testament now. The Gospel of John. Gospel of John, chapter 6. 
chapter 6 and verse uh, 63. And it says, But there are some of you that believe not. I'm sorry, verse 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Mm. His words are so powerful because they are not like our words. They are not um, flesh and blood and bone and encumbered by sin. They are God. They are spiritual. He is speaking here that... uh, Those things that are spoken within the Bible are spiritual and give spiritual life. That's why they are so powerful. So how are the earth and all the universe upheld? Why doesn't it all just spin out of control? Or um, does it just kind of go on and on of its own volition? Obviously, this far into the study, we should know kind of where... We stand in this. Uh, Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3 says, Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. He's speaking here about the about Jesus Christ, that he is the expressed image of God and that it is by Christ and by God that all things are upheld. The the world continues to spin. The stars continue to burn because he upholds that. Quote here from Councils to Parents, Teachers, and Students, page 185 says, the same creative energy that brought the world into existence is still exerted in upholding the universe and continuing the operations of nature. So if he can uphold the world, if he can uphold the operations of nature, he can certainly guide my life. He can certainly guide your life. So what about the words of Christ? What is the word declared to be? That's an uppercase W. What is the word declared to be? We're going to go back to John. Stay in John for the next few questions here. John chapter 1, verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word here is referring to Jesus himself. And as we study into the Old Testament, as we study into the New Testament, the triunity of the Godhead, we see that uh, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they are all God, just performing different tasks. So, who was with God the Father in the beginning at creation? We kind of just explained that, but we'll read it again. Same chapter, John 1, verses 1 and 2. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Again, speaking about Jesus Christ, saying that he has always been with God. By whom were all things made? John 1, 3 and 10 says, 
All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And verse 10, he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. All things are made by Jesus and are for him and upheld by him. Quote from Patriarchs and Prophets, page 34, the uh, author says, Christ, the Word, the only begotten of God, was one with the Eternal Father, one in nature and character and purpose, the only being that could enter into all the counsels and purposes of God. Mm -mm. What was said regarding Jesus' words? We've got a couple spots here to go to. Matthew 8, or uh, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 29 says, he, uh, For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Luke 4, 32. Luke chapter 4. Sorry, my pages are kind of sticking together here. Luke 4 and verse 32 says, And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. His words were considered to be holding of authority, and that they had power, and that he didn't speak as a common man. Would make sense since he was one with God since the beginning. So we have some examples here illustrating the power of Christ's words. I'll go through them and give you the the verses, and then you can kind of go back and go over them if you want. He cast out, he cast uh, evil spirits out in Matthew eight sixteen. He caused a fig tree to wither, Matthew twenty one eighteen through twenty. He stilled a storm, Mark four thirty six through forty one. Healed the sick, Luke seven two through ten. He raised the dead to life. Uh, John eleven forty three and 44. If he can do these things just by his word, friends, he can do it still through the personhood of his Holy Spirit. He can bring you out of sin and into his marvelous light. Uh, 10 here, there are examples illustrating the power of his word as spoken even by his followers. Uh, water came flowing from a rock in Numbers 27 through 11. The sun and moon stood still, Joshua 10, 12 through 14. Healed a sick man in Acts 9, 33 and 34. And a woman was raised to life in Acts 9, 36 through 41. By the way, we use the examples in Numbers and Joshua, because if the word was with God since the beginning, then it was Jesus working even in the Old Testament. Remember what he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That I, He says, I have been sent forth from the Father. So, we are cleansed and kept by his word. How are we cleansed from sin? Go backward to the Old Testament again. Because we believe that the whole Bible is inspired and we can use 
every piece of it to uh, help us to understand God and to help us uh, learn how to be closer to him. How are we cleansed from sin? Psalm 119 and verse 9 says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. John, we're going to go forward again to John uh, chapter 15. Chapter 15 and verse 3. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Simply by his word, if we heed his word, if we follow his word and his teachings, we can be cleansed by him. After being cleansed, how are we kept from again falling into sin? Uh, We've got four verses here to look at. Go through them uh, for you and once again... Go over them as you have time. Psalm 119 and verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And when he says, thy word have I hid in my my heart, um, it means memorizing the word. We can memorize Bible promises. We can memorize things from the Bible that when sin when uh temptation comes upon us we can we can uh recite that we can say it in our head we can use it in prayer and the 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 bible promises us that when we come to god when we pray that the the devil will flee from us doesn't mean that we won't feel it temptation again but as we obtain victory over sin um, the trials might become more and more, but the Lord will give us added strength each time as well. How are we kept from sinning again? Matthew 4.4. 4. Matthew 4.4 4 says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Once again, we flee to the word, we hide the word in our heart, and we can have strength, we can have sustenance in his word. Romans, we're going to go forward to Romans now. If you've noticed, we started in the Old Testament, now we're working through the New Testament to see these examples, and that the Lord doesn't change. He constantly says, the word, the word, the word is where we have to go. Romans 1, 16 and 17 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Verse 17, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. We have faith in God's word that he will teach us through it, and as we pray through it, as we pray through those trials in our lives, the Lord will keep us from sinning. We can't keep ourselves from sinning because the Bible says that our all, our righteousness is as filthy rags. But as we turn to God, he will give us victory 
and then he will sustain us in that victory for his glory. 1 Peter 1 and verse 5 says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. We need to have faith in his word that he is able to sustain us. The Bible constantly says he can do it. But if we don't have faith in that, if we just kind of say, Oh yeah, I believe it. The Bible says it. But we don't really step in faith then it doesn't really do us any good. If obeyed, what will the word of God do for the believer? Turn backward again to John. John 17 and verse 17. says then said some of his disciples among themselves what is this that he saith unto us a little while and ye shall not see me and again a little while and ye shall see and again a little while and ye shall see me and because i go to the father oops i'm sorry that was 1616 i'm sorry uh john 1717 if obeyed what will the word of god do for the believer John seventeen seventeen says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. It can sanctify us. It will make us holy. And then, uh, and God will give us power as we have faith in his word. I am going to, as I'm sitting here with you, I am going to highlight that. It is a good practice that as you come across uh, promises in the Bible, to highlight them, make them stand out to you, jump out off the page that when you're reading, you can come to that. Um, may help you to uh, memorize them a little better. In closing, I'd like to read a little poem by Amos R. Wells. It's called The Sufficing Bible. When I am, the ti- when I am tired, the Bible is my bed, or in the dark, the Bible is my light. When I am hungry, it is vital bread, or fearful, it is armor for the fight. When I am sick, tis healing medicine, or lonely, thronging friends I find therein. If I would work, the Bible is my tool, or play, it is a harp of happy sound. If I am ignorant, it is my school. If I am sinking, it is solid ground. If I am cold, the Bible is my fire, and it is wings, if boldly I aspire. Should I be lost, the Bible is my guide, or naked, it is raiment rich and warm. Am I imprisoned? It is ranges wide. Or tempest-tossed, a shelter from the storm. Would I adventure, tis a gallant sea. Or would I rest, it is a flowery lee. Does gloom oppress, the Bible is a sun. Or ugliness, it is a garden fair. Am I a thirst, how cool its currents run. Or stifled, what a vivifying air. Since thus thou givest of thyself to me, how should I give myself, great book, to thee? Our texts to remember today come from Psalm 33, 6 and 9, Psalm 119, 9, 11, John 1, 1 through 3, and 1, 
1 through 3 and verse 14. I hope, friends, that this was a uh, was a blessing to study the power of the word. Remember that there is power in the word, that you can come to God, find his promises, lean on those promises, and gain victory where you need victory. As you gain victory, uh, bring your praises to him. Remind yourself that it is him that gives you that victory and not anything within ourselves. Our next study, uh, study five, will be how to study the Bible. Uh, In study five, and that will conclude our unit one, the Bible is the Word of God, and then we will go into Unit 2. Allow me now to close with a small word of prayer. Heavenly Father, once again, we thank you for our lives. We thank you so much for the promises within your Bible, and that we can see the power of your Bible in its creative powers and its recreative powers. Lord, I pray that we remind ourselves that It is not merely the words within the Bible that give us strength, but it is the person behind the words, and that is you. That is Jesus Christ. Lord, if there's anything within our lives that is drawing a wedge between us and you, if we have little faith, we ask that you will make that big. You promise in your word that even those with a little faith can do much, but we want to have strong faith in you. We want to have a strong connection with you through your Holy Spirit. We pray now that as we go into the rest of today that you will keep us safe, that you will keep us from sin. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.